You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. Hey guys, welcome to the after laugh. I'm here with Johnny Mitchell. Who? Look, man. I consider you a friend. Absolutely, You're bro. a great guy. Every time, you know, it's always nice when you work with comics, you don't know them, but every time you see them, you have a good experience. Yeah. And they're, you seem like, you know, I met you in San Diego at the Madhouse. Doing Big Mike Mitchell's show. You remember that? <laughs> you remember that uh, animal? Yeah. I like that room. That was a fun room. That yeah, was fun. Is it still going on? What's no, they there? got a new room. It's been oh, done shit. for like two years. They, got, they moved to the, somewhere downtown. And did we do Reds together too? Yes. Yes. Yeah, Josh Wolf. No, Josh, Josh uh, Nelson. Josh Nelson. There we go. There we go. Um, and that was a fun room too. Although yeah. that room was sometimes I, hit or miss. Sometimes I bombed like, at that that room. Yeah. Sometimes that room you can really really bomb. Yes. Correct. Or sometimes you can just fucking kill it. Because there's such a know. surfer crowd. There's such a a broy. You know, it's the most broy crowd you could think of. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I went up there and I insulted. Like their trucker hats, you know. <laughs> I was like, I was two years into comedy, less than that, you yeah. know, maybe, maybe even a year into comedy. This is a long time ago, and I and I went up there and just insulted them, and it just it, we got off to the wrong foot, you know what I mean? That happens that room, and I also feel it's one of those rooms where sometimes they're very conservative, and sometimes they're very liberal politically. Politically, oh yeah. right, yeah. And like I, I experienced that one in Irvine. Like I forgot, like I did some 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 Trump joke and. They were like, boo. And I was like, oh, everyone here in Irvine is a Republican. Because right. OC is very... Right. Repu- which people Absolutely. don't know. But, but that's the... That's still not an excuse. Like, if the joke's yeah. funny... Well, the joke you know, isn't funny, to be honest. But, but, but what's... Well, there you go. It's hard to make <laughs> politics funny, right? Yeah. But to me, conservatives like that are just like liberals on the other side. Oh, yeah. Like, they just miss the humor and they take it so personally, you know? Yeah. So it's proof that everybody's sensitive. Like, the left... Kind of gets stereotyped as this the ultra sensitive pussy group. Yeah. But if you insult uh, a Republican's point of view and they suck as a person, they're going to fucking take it personally. So yeah, of it's, it's everybody. Everybody's a bitch. Yeah. There's this great quote I heard. Someone said it's it's a lot harder to convince someone they've been fooled than to fool someone. Right. You know what I mean? People hate that. They can't. Stand so it. once people are entrenched in their point of view. They're right. fucking entrenched. Yeah. And if you bring up the fact like, hey, maybe this is bullshit, they're like, their heads explode. That's right. It works. Like if you ever talk to a QAnon person. It's a religion. Forget about it. It's like it. trying to tell a Muslim that uh, his God is fake. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Good luck. Now, also, part of the reason I want to have you is we did a show together at the Pan Pacific Park. Oh, yeah. By, that was a good uh, one, huh? By Air you murdered. I yeah. didn't murder, but you murdered. Man. I'm not sure about that, but no, I thank thought you. you killed, dude. And I was like, "Fuck!" Well, definitely before you brought me up that section, and I want to talk to you about that because you talked about going to jail for yeah. for dealing weed, yeah, which I didn't really know about. And and you turned in such great stand up, and you murdered. And I went up there, and I and I had some, but then I kind of fucking you were getting him at the beginning, and by the end. They were like, "Fuck, get off the fucking stage!" Yeah, because it's so goddamn cold. <laughs> you could shouldn't do be doing more intense. And they also didn't really cold. know me. They were right, just kind of like, right. "Get off," you know. Yeah. And then yeah, because there were some jokes at the end. I'm like, okay, this is a joke that I know works. So if they're not laughing at this, they laughed at the other dumb shit. Then you know, I gave you the. I was like, you didn't probably didn't notice this, but I was like, guys, this guy's actually a comedian. <laughs> That's what I said. I didn't even realize. I was saying, I'm like, he's a professional comic. I know. I like should've... I had to set the stage for them. I'm like, he does this for a living. <laughs> One of the only people on the show that can say that. 
Yeah, not Austin, who his first time ever doing comedy. One right. day he was like, hey, guys, who wants to suck this big right, dick? And you're right. like, okay. He was surprisingly good, though. I mean, he like, was- Like, he had confidence. Like, he had doing confidence, for sure. Yeah. But now he's going to be really confident. He's going to go up in a And he'll bomb for the room. next two or three years, <laughs> and then he'll start to get better. That's always how it is. That's always- Yeah, the first time you do, you're like, I'm gifted. I'm the chosen one. I'm the golden child. And then you bomb like, oh, maybe I'm just like everyone else. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, hey, maybe, yeah. Maybe the rules apply to me. <laughs> so, uh- yeah, the bit you're talking about uh, going to jail for weed. Mm. Tell me, because so what is your story? You you, you grew up in Portland, in Portland Oregon. Yeah. Uh-huh. That you have to say yes. Which um, I mean, weed was legal in Portland, Oregon. Well, medical marijuana was, but uh, we were shipping it to the all over the country by the end. You know, so weed was still illegal. I mean, up until 2012, 2013. 2012. So, and when were you dealing it? Uh, from 04 to 2010 when I got oh, locked so up. Oh, so back when it was like illegal. Yeah, so, illegal. So, so medical marijuana has been legal since the 90s, but it's still illegal. You know, they were raiding houses left and right. Really? Still very illegal to com- uh, commercially to sell it, yeah. So medical marijuana was legal in Oregon and maybe California, but very few places other than that at the time. Correct, correct. Yeah. Alaska, maybe, and Hawaii, So you think that if medical marijuana was legal, they would have been pretty lax about enforcing dealing? No, because there's so many people back then, you couldn't even legally buy it. So you had to, if you were a medical marijuana patient, you actually had to have a caregiver grow it Mm. themselves. So it was very- Really? It was very small. So you couldn't, so so yeah, the black market consumed most of the the weed sales up there. So yeah. And how did you get involved with that? Well, I've always been fascinated by the street life and with drug dealing, frankly. So, really? Yeah, which doesn't make any sense because I'm a... Well, maybe it does make sense because all the white boys that grew up in the 90s yeah. grew up fascinated by... With hip-hop. Oh, and with the sure. underworld. You know yeah. what I mean? So that that's what perked my interest in it. But I always had a propensity towards like being lazy. That's why I became a comedian. Like I'm trying to do anything besides work, <laughs> you know? So I so, could work 30 minutes a fucking night? Really? Right, right. Even if you... Think about how overpaid stand-ups are. Even if you're just making fifteen hundred a weekend, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're still. I mean, that's only four, five, six hours of work. Yeah, if that. Yeah, for you sure. You know. Yeah. So you're making what it takes a normal person three weeks to make. If you look at per minute. Per minute, yeah. It's, yeah, it's exactly. a good markup. So you, but yeah, so that's how I got started. I mean, I was just a pot. So it's just the hip hop culture was kind of like this looks fucking. Yeah, dope. and I was, you know, we were just the guys. We were wearing our Timberland boots and we were drinking forties and we we're you outside know, of Seven Eleven type of thing. Yeah, fucking with the bitches. We weren't as corny <laughs> as like hanging outside Seven Eleven. Like we were, we were all middle class. So yeah, we had yeah, a yeah. little more. We were, we like to think of ourselves as cooler than that. We weren't like typical middle American like white trash. Yeah, you know. Like uh, we didn't like Eminem before it was understood that you shouldn't like Eminem that much. Yeah. Like we were we grew up on good shit. So, but we grew up with a lot of black guys. So we were just very integrated. So you went to public school growing up. Yep. Or, yeah, and that's when back when Portland was black. So it was interesting. It was I don't fun. know much about Portland. Yeah, so but it's it was very, very, very gentrified now. But back okay. then it was you know there were a lot of black people, a lot of Hispanics. Yeah, and that's yeah. going to inform your comedy. That's going to inform like how you look yeah. at the world, of course. Yep. So, would you, did you get involved in high school with the yeah? Because we were just potheads, so we would buy, start buying ounces just to like. And where would you buy them? How would you buy them? We you had to know somebody, so you buy like if you got lucky, you could buy it from another student, but you'd never get a good price, right? Because he was just getting it from somebody. It was all retail, retail, retail. Yeah. So back in the day, you actually had to know somebody. It was hard, like somebody who actually grew it, like a connection. No, a guy yeah. or a grew it, or a guy that was buying in wholesale pounds, mm. and that was like a big deal to meet somebody like that in high school. You know, yeah. So, how would you even go about? Because I was such a nerd in high school, I wouldn't even know how about finding someone like yeah, that. Yeah, it was a, a kid's older brother, 
And then there was another guy, his dad. This guy was a gangster, Antoine. Um, real nice guy, but like, I remember we were in eighth grade. He showed me his pistol. Like, he showed me Crack Rock. <laughs> oh, shit. He brought a, an oh, ounce. Oh, that's of, right. 90s is when he, it was he, popping. Uh, yeah, this is like early 2000s, but he showed me an ounce of Crack Rock. Like, he showed oh. me like 10 years in federal prison in front of my face. And I was Jesus. Like, you know, I'm like, and then I go home and I have a loving family and, uh, you know, three square meals. Like it was a crazy dichotomy for sure. But his dad was a pimp and he, he and a drug dealer and gangster always back in and out of prison. So he introduced us to him and he's the guy that like put us down initially with like enough to sell. So that's oh, kind of wow. how we got into it. And then when we got to college, me and my buddy, uh, Reggie, it doesn't matter. I can say his name. It's been so many years. And it's in um, Oregon as well. Yeah. Went to university of Oregon. That's when we really started like ramping up the business. So at that point you're like, I'm a businessman with this shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I never got into it. I've always, whatever I've done, like I never got into comedy tiptoed, you know, sure. I'm always fucking two feet in and that's, and with drug dealing, I was the same way. Like I, I treated it even when I'm 18, 19 years old, like a business. Like I, all I wanted to do was like blow up in the game. Yeah. Like that's my thinking. I'm like, I want to get rich off this or make, I didn't even think rich. I'm like, I want to make a living off this. Yeah. And I also could imagine that if you're the, the guy and you're probably, you're dealing weed at this point or everything. Or just weed. We well, yeah, but in, we move. We we also got into like coke sales and for sure. shrooms and things like that. You know, and that's also when you're in college and you're the guy who has a hookup for that. You're cool. You're a cool guy too. Just totally. like it, you yep. know. So yep. I can see that socially being a great thing. You get invited to all the parties. Yeah, know? yeah, and it was kind of like an identity. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're yeah, like, that's fucking that's Johnny. Yeah, he slangs. He slings. <laughs> you know, Dude, was ever. Was that ever used against you? Did they ever look at that and like people are like, oh, you know, I would date you, but I hear you're a drug dealer, Tom. Uh, yes, this fucking girl that I was in love with. Uh, so, I mean, to this day, it's like, you know, she probably grew up to be a great beauty and I was married to like a, a super nice guy, right? Yeah. Like that kind of chick. She was... Uh, she was like a journalism major. Probably mm -hmm. lives in New York. Just, just oh, just, just beautiful, just a, smart, but cool. a freak though. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Well, actually, I know it because we fucked. <laughs> but I wanted to like date her, and she yeah. was like, "What? I have I'm on the honor <laughs> roll. You you sell coke. What am I supposed to do with you?" And I'm she like, was going on the other side of the tracks, get a little fun. Exactly. That's oh. right. Oh, she was she was slumming with me. Yeah, you were Patrick Swayze, dirty dancing. That's you right. Know? That's oh, right. Oh my god. Yeah. So, but but and then probably. There was, I'm sure there was a stigma around like, that's why most people don't, don't want to get into crime at all because yeah. they don't want to get caught and be, they don't want people to look down on them. But like, I just never gave a fuck. Really. Yeah. You know? Now, so while you started dealing and you, you said you were, you were committed. So you, you had spreadsheets and you had people. No, that you dealt no, I mean, like, nothing, was like, it, nothing like was that. Was it like a mini cartel situation in your head? Like how many people would you deal to on a weekend or a week? Oh, I don't even know, dude. It's like depends. Five, it's, it's such a hard, it depends what you're doing. Like. Coke, yeah, we would sell. I'd sell two ounces of Coke a weekend on a th Thursday through Sunday. That's a lot of Coke sales. That's yeah, twenty. That's fifty six grams selling mostly in grams. I mean, my phone doesn't stop. It was a cra that was a crazy time. Did you have a pager I, back then? Was no, I'm not that old, dude. This was like oh <laughs> seven. Uh, I carried a pager around in seventh grade though without a battery in it. I swear to God, just to look cool. That was some nineties. You're already shit. a dealer. So yeah, like, exactly. I was manifesting it, dude. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. So, um, so, so a lot of hand to hand sales, but so many when you're a small time dealer. There's so many transactions. That's sure. why they get caught first in the chain of drug dealing because yeah. 
the more people you come in contact with, the more chances that you're going to attract police attention. So, but anyways, but so many sales, and then uh, but it I was, was like, all within the school. When or I was at U of O, yeah, but no, we dealt with some sketchy people. I was about to say, it must have well. felt weird going from Uvo, because I'm sure even if you got caught in University of Oregon, there's probably like the yeah, campus police are like, don't do it again. Right. Or you're, if you're a college kid in Oregon, like when I got caught eventually in 2009 for the first time, I got a felony. Like I, I had pounds and pounds on me. Holy but, shit. But I, I didn't do any jail time. I got, like they, so, so yeah, for a white kid, I mean, I so guess. So you got through college without any problems? Yes, yes. Yeah. I got through college without any problems. I mean, we got robbed a couple of times. Like, we went and tried to, like, rob somebody. Like, it got crazy. Like, did we got have, robbed at gunpoint. You, oh, you got robbed at gunpoint, yeah. too. Yeah, we like, even robbed. I, I'm talking about it openly now because I think I've I've been forgiven by the Lord. But yeah. we robbed a kid, like, at gunpoint one time. Was it your gun? Did he, it was a fake gun, but it was. Uh, we, we duct taped him up and shit oh, because shit. we got robbed uh-huh. and taken for all of our stash, thousands and thousands of dollars. So we were like, dude, we're either out of business or we got to go find a, a mark. We got to take it back. So yeah. we went, we just knew this kid who was powerless and a little Asian money. guy. We just jacked him. So that's how. And and now weed is so ubiquitous and legal. It's, it's like a beer. That, that stuff doesn't happen anymore. But like yeah. back then, that shit. I knew kids uh on the east coast that got fucking shot to death over weed so it's like it what do you mean happen. by by cops or just by like no but home invasion bro a guy a guy sitting on 20 30 pounds back then oh my was, god dude people would come to take it you know like yeah. that's valuable it's not valuable anymore it's not worth it to somebody to rob exactly. you for 20 pounds of weed pounds are like a thousand bucks each it's not even a big score but back then that's like a hundred thousand dollars really holy shit so especially on the East Coast where weed was way more valuable, so it was you'd make money if you could move it out there, which yeah. is what we eventually did. So after college, now you 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 weren't doing uh, stand up at the time after after college, right? No, after college, uh-uh. you were. What were you doing for work? Were you just dealing? After you, college, we were just yeah. making money dealing. Yeah. Oh wow, that was your one job. So we had, we made it. We made it. that was all I wanted, but right was yeah. to, was to just make money selling weed, and we. We got there and I'm still wasn't satisfied. Right? Yeah, you're like, what the That's fuck? That's the is story this? of the life, right? You know, I got, I'm like, I got to move up now. Now I got to make a million bucks. Yeah. So what's the next step for you? So then you started dealing with bigger quantities. You said. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So and then we and to the East Coast. So we made a I made a chance connection with these drug dealers in New Jersey and Philadelphia, and so I was just shipping all my weed to them, and it was like a like a twenty percent markup from what more I made yeah. twenty thirty forty. 50 times more sometimes than I would make oh, shit. selling in Oregon. Yeah. And I imagine cocaine in New York is really expensive to buy. Yeah. Cocaine is, there's actually less variance in price in, in Coke because I know so much about drug trafficking. <laughs> it's weird. I sound like a fed. Um, the price is a little more stable of Coke. Like you don't, you're not going to see a big difference in the price here okay. as you are in New York because it's all controlled by the basically a few sources the mexican cartels so yeah but um but yeah back then we bought a pound of weed a pound of weed that could sell wholesale for uh 27 2800 wow yeah 27 2800 in portland could sell for close to 4000 uh on the east coast so yeah. it's a no brainer right and you just ship it via FedEx or Exactly. USPS. Or we'd send it in like pods. You know those moving pods? Yeah. We'd put a bunch of fucking old furniture in one of those pods and, oh, and hide the oh. weed in there. And then we would ship it. Okay, it's going to be dropped off at this address on this date. You know? And so yeah. it's we tried to keep our hands off of it. 
you know, separation as much as possible, you know? Yeah, of course. So did you ever do the thing, and, and I only like this voyeuristically, like when people would travel on a plane and they'd like tape fucking bags of coke no. around their fucking body no. and shit like that. Never, stuff, no. You, know? you never on. traveled with it to, to sell? Mm-mm. No, that's too much. When I lived in Colombia, South America, I- You lived in Colombia? Yeah. Was that also connected to? No, no. But when I was there, stupid, being young, stupid kid, I was. <laughs> I was, I was still, you know, I was getting myself into some dirt. I would buy like bricks, like kilos, because they don't sell by the pound down there. I sell by the kilo, so yeah. I would buy like kilos of weed and like you know cocaine to sell to like the tourists and shit at like the hostels I was staying at. God damn, I was a fucking man. wild kid. And the cartels are all over Colombia as well. I'm assuming. Yeah, of course. So were you ever terrified? That you would get, like, yeah, yeah, I was one time. I that when I first went to meet the guy in Medellin, they took me. Uh, Medellin. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. They took me to like you know I think it was Envigado. Which is the name of the the barrio, but it was they took me to uh, this block that's completely controlled by the drug dealers. So they got kids with walkie talkies, like ten year olds, yeah. riding bikes around the neighborhood. They got lookouts on the roof. This is like a Tuesday night, yeah. And they pull up, but they let me buy drugs. They just pulled up. They're very they're great business people. They're very nice, and they mm-hmm. were like, you know, we'll yeah, they know you. they're making money. But so yeah, why are they? Yeah. yeah. So I went into this. It was like a lieutenant's stash house. And, you know, they were loading guns on the table. I mean, this is out of a fucking, yeah. this is out of a novel. And, um, yeah, and then they were like, yeah, so we got the we got the bad shit for this much, and we got the better shit for this much. What yeah. do you want? And, there was and it's so cheap down there compared to the American dollar. I'm like, give me fucking 10 of those. Yeah. Like, I got so much weed, I couldn't sell it, you know? I, I was like, I got to go home. So I was just giving weed away. So they're point. making, I mean, that's where the... The coke is being made in Colombia, right? Isn't most of it's being harvested? Um, yeah, they har- yeah they harvest the leaves and shit. You don't know about coke? You don't know where coke comes from? Was you in the army? <laughs> Didn't you have a coke problem? I mean, it, it's I, I assume it was mostly made in Colombia. Yeah, the cocoa- no, it's, it's so they they actually Peru is becoming a big coca hub now. Okay, um, but Peru and Bolivia and some parts of Colombia where they grow the primarily grow the coca leaf yeah. exclusively, and then they ship it. The majority of it gets made in Colombia, but Peru is a close second now. Yeah, and and shipped off, turned into turned into coke, and you know sent off all over the world. I went on a hike in Colombia. It's called the Lost City of Perdida, whatever. The fuck oh, it is. I was gonna you know do what? that, but dude, I was gonna hike? do that, but I was so hungover, just fucking with hookers. <laughs> oh, I was yeah. like, oh, no, I'm no, no. chilling. I'm staying. Hungover, I'm staying in Cartagena, dude. Yeah, Cartagena, yeah. exactly. Because that's where you ship out. Like, that's where you go ship there, out. exactly. And, yeah. Yeah, no, it's not for the faint of heart. Not I'm not saying I'm not like mm, I ran a marathon, but it's like you have five day mostly uphill hike, crazy to this dude. lost city. Right, my buddies did it. I saw the pictures. Unbelievable yeah. though when you get there. It's pretty right? hot. I mean, I had no idea I was getting into. So like three days in, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, in this and you're like a well built. Dude, oh, dude like, I hated it. I went with this girl. And I was complaining the whole time. She started crying like I, I I made you do this, but it's it was fucking dope. But anyway, they had the um, and I keep is it cacao? It's a cacao plant, right? Coca. It's cocoa plant. So there's a cacao is chocolate. Okay, so the coca plant was everywhere. Like yeah, the, the locals right. were like, but we'd heard that it's actually illegal to grow coca plants. Yeah, in Columbia, it, it, right now it anyway. it's, it's weird. It's like it was like how weed was. Like yeah. I think you could either grow a certain amount, or the government looked the other way, or looks yes. the other way. And now they have like unions. They have collectives, like coca growing collectives. And these are just farmers, dude. It's it's well documented. There's just farmers that have to make a living and yeah. Cokes, dude, 
it's like Colombians is so funny. Like you try to talk to them about cocaine and they're all ashamed of it. The way we're yeah. ashamed of slavery and yeah. try to never talk about it. I'm like, guys, it's the only th- reason we care about your country. <laughs> <laughs> so start liking it. Look, it America is what it wouldn't is. be America if it hadn't been for slavery, and you guys right. wouldn't be a club if it hadn't been for Dude, cocaine. isn't that the fucking truth? It's America, true. slavery is like the worst and best thing to happen to America. It made us like... We built the country on the yeah. backs of like strong people who right. were able to to harvest all of our fucking crops. But, it's kind of embarrassing, but like that's yeah. how we became a superpower. But think, of course, and think about how it built the world too, really. Yeah. Slavery, but American slavery. But, but think about how cool black people make our country now. Oh, and Jesus. it's because they were they suffered under slavery. If they hadn't suffered, they wouldn't have been as cool. Oh God, that's such a, that's such a delicate topic. But you hear I Bill, know. Bill Burr talks about that as I to hear it. He was talking about how he's watching it with his wife, who's black. Mm-hmm. He was watching the uh, Elvis. About Elvis, Presley. right? He's, yeah, he's yeah. like, well, he goes, yeah. But every time you fly, I don't say that you're appropriate doing cultural appropriation. She goes, <laughs> right. that's not fair. Yeah, because all the, because black people have the same opportunities. He's like, yeah, but if they did. The music would have suffered. Right, that's it. Which is, you know, that's so it. it is a very interesting weird economy that I don't know if we're allowed to talk about as white. No, people. but that's what that's the problem is like, it's becoming distant enough to where it's like you should just be able to talk about it. Well, that's I have black friends who are so well off and secure. Yeah, that we talk about that shit all the time, and they yeah. they talk about it like it's history because it is. But yeah, it, it just is what it is. Yeah, people are like we need to right the wrongs of the past. You can't. Yeah, it just everything was what it was. I mean, obviously you learn from like morality's sake, but you should talk about slavery to me like it's or American history like it's it's the facts, dude. Mm-hmm. Facts is the facts. I know it, it's such a del- and that's one of the things I like about you and your comedy and your podcast is you, you it's not that you don't have a filter but I feel like you don't have a lot of sacred cows. Like you feel like hey man, I've been through this fucking shit. Yeah. I've been jail or I don't know, do you go to jail or prison? Both. Jail first and then ship me off to prison. Okay, let's That's- let's rewind. <laughs> so you went to cuz man, I've spent a couple times in different jails. I've never been to prison. I've heard For Dewey's? What were you, what was your thing? Man, I was in an Egyptian jail for 48 hours because they found my phone, saw dick pics and ass pics and thought I was gay, so they put me in for, for suspicion of homosexuality. Do you talk about that on stage? I, I, I I have once or twice before, but it's Hilarious. such a long story. I've talked about my podcast a bunch. Um, crazy. But and then I like I jumped a turnstile in New York without my ID. No fucking way. So they put me bro. in central booking for twenty hours. They only hours. do that to black kids. You got some <laughs> bad luck, buddy. Oh no, it, the the it was a black woman who and I could tell she's like, fuck this guy. Yeah. yeah. I could tell there's something on with her. She's like, Ugh, I don't Well, like you. you probably just caught her after she had just watched, you know, eighty kids jumping and she yeah. she was just like, fuck this. Yeah, and I was on a date, so I was wearing like a Donna Karen suit. Jesus, Bill. And I could go to Central Booking, which I don't know if you know anything about New York, but it's where everything right before they go to Rikers. Yeah. That's where you book out from. Yeah. That's central where you book booking. Out from. That's and it was yeah. twenty eight hours. There are people there, I'm here, I'm talking about people they murdered yeah the best way to dispose of a dead body and shit like that yeah that new york that would be really interesting you were in central booking that's kind of cool 20, bro. And they, they, that's when I new york my central lawyer, booking is uh, 28 hours i go he goes what are you here for i go well i jumped a turnstile he was like i'm sorry you had to go i'll, I'll try to get you out as soon as possible right but, but you're still in the system you're handcuffed you're you're printed oh, they had to print me twice because there was a problem and i i tried to pretend that's that bullshit that i dude. was like i tried to pretend that i was like super drunk and it was like a drunk tank, so I'm in the in the little in the cell, which is like 80 people. There's a toilet bowl with no uh, guards on either side, so people are shitting in an yep. open toilet bowl. And I'm just in the corner, like pretending I'm on heroin or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. And all these, and I mean, literally, like I would say, that's smart though. Pretend you're you're just yeah. doped up. 
So yeah. there's like maybe one other white guy there who's there for spoiler pedophilia. Oh. Um, and then Close. these black guys were like fucking me, like, oh look at that man, Opie Cunningham, it's time to steal some crack. Right. Oh look at Matt David here for you know, and they were black guys. Black guys in jail are the funniest funny. fucking were, people. And I was I'm so like, scared, and finally I was like, you man, yeah, you know. <laughs> no. Let me give you an open mic, man. You yeah. Kill it. Um. So that was my one experience, and that was 28 hours. It was fucking terrifying, and I felt like I was in the heart of darkness of my soul. So for you, why on a date, Bill? Forget me for a second. <laughs> what? You didn't have any change on you? Your Metro card was... Uh, it was like she had it and I went in behind her type of thing. We went in together. We're like, oh, all flirting. We went in together at the same time as she swiped it. That is such fuck, Dude, I would have lost my goddamn mind on the, the bitch who arrested handcuffed. me in front of my fucking date. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like you're getting arrested for something cool. You no. know what I mean? Like remember yeah. that old stereotype from like '90s sitcoms? You get handcuffed. You're like, and the guy's like, "Dude, you're gonna get so much pussy out of this." <laughs> no, not for fucking jumping, jumping the turnstile. Turn style. And people were like, you know, because how it is, and you'd always hear people like, "What are you here for?" And they'd say same answer, some bullshit. Yeah, there you go. So That's some guy it. towards the end he goes, "What are you here for?" I go, "Some bullshit." And he was this like giant guy with a scar in his face. He goes, "No, for real, man." And I was like. I jumped a turnstile and he just took a beat and he went, I would have paid the 250. <laughs> exactly. I would have been like, yo, I would have pulled the money out. Why didn't you think about that? I don't know. Who I knows? just never thought that You're was a scared. thing that could It wasn't that long after 9-11 where they were super crazy uh, about fucking people right. without IDs. So right. it's just because I didn't have my ID. Otherwise, I'd get a ticket. Because I didn't have an ID, they had to do the whole thing. Right. Oh, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Damn. And then that night, I got out on a Sunday night. I went right to the comedy club, the Times Square Laugh Factory, and I talked about it, and it fucking killed. Nice. I'm like, great. I have a great bit. And then I tried again the next week, and it was like, meh. Uh, like the freshness was gone. Yeah, the jail stuff, same. it took me a long time to figure out how to make my experience yeah. funny. It took me years because like, I'd be, I'd be in a club and doing well, and then I would, I'd be like, you know, let's transition into to prison, and it would, it would stop people. Like It would suck them in so they'd forget to laugh. Interesting, but yeah. I could tell they were still interested. But like, yeah, it took me. I, I really just started talking about my experiences again, like on stage, maybe like a year and a half, two. Interesting, years ago. because when you did it at that show we did together, you fucking crushed. Thanks. That well, because I owned it. Yeah, I owned it, and also, and that crowd's also like, maybe they know you, and they perfect. also like they're down for that. Yeah, show. or they're just they're into that like kind of dirtbag humor, I guess. <laughs> but 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 also my clever. act is a lot more consistent now. Yeah. I'm talking about dating porn stars. So when I bring up the fact that I've been to prison, the audience is like, yeah, we believe you. I think you. that's good because you have a look. You kind of have this like Luke Wilson look. Well, thank you. You have this like, heard, you probably heard that before, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you have this like clean cook, clut, you're tall, you have your hair. So you, you can definitely do the Disney path. You can do the, the corporate path if right. you want to. But and I think the first time I saw you in San Diego, I didn't think of you as some sort of edgy guy or edgy right. comic, you know. Uh, so I was so, so cool to like watch you the other night. Um, and I think that's a great brand. You know what yeah. I mean? Thanks, man. Because yeah. not a lot of people. Not a lot of people are doing it. Not a lot of white guys are doing it. Not a lot of white people are, are you know, if they're, they're, yeah, they're good trying to be it. all Hollywood and sort of avoid anything. Especially that could be, in LA, you know? Yeah, exactly. So when was the um, transition that you decided to start talking about it? When did that happen for you? Well, just, just looking for bits, looking for yeah. mining for material, you know? Like when you're coming up, you know, you remember how it is. I mean, it's a lot different me coming up than you've been in the game much longer than me. But like, you know how it is, like if you don't have a lot going on except just you're in the grind yeah. right 
it's like what am i supposed to talk about i'm not dating anyone or maybe i am but that's you know yeah you don't you only you don't want to make that more than 20 percent of your act yeah what i'm just doing open mics every night and shows sometimes and just trying to make it and show but what how's that interesting like what do i talk about so i was forced me to go back and look at my life and be like i gotta make this funny because there's so much funny here and so you know, just whatever. You know how it is. It's just yeah. reps. It's just doing it and figuring out what the audience can handle and what they can't, you know? Yeah. And well, the thing that I find that about storytelling, and you're not like a storytelling comic necessarily, but merging personal storytelling with jokes is that the, the two styles can be very different sometimes. Yeah. And like you said, the Egyptian story. Yeah. Like that is a story. There is setup. There right. is like exposition I have to introduce before I even get into... It. And I have to have people believe me. Right. Oh, I got arrested in Egypt one time. Really, did you? Like, I used to do a bit about, talk about my daughter. I had a daughter from One Night Stand. And I would do like 15, 20 minutes on trying to be really, and half the time after shows, people are like, do you really have a daughter? I'm like, what the fuck am I, what? Is that the yeah. thing that you're asking right, me? Right, right. Do I really have a daughter? That's great material. That's great fodder for material. I bet that material kills though, right? You know what's so funny, man? It's It's still like a weird thing for me, and I do it sometimes, and I don't do it other times there was a time when i really wanted to do it to be uh -huh. super personal and um i don't know man it, it never really stuck with me in the way that just jokes that i felt were more provocative interesting stuck, you know? so yeah you are more of an edgy guy though i mean that's i you're you're you know super high energy you're fucking and your shit just like it hits so hard man it's i mean uh, i like stuff that makes me feel a little like Ugh. I right. Said this. That's right. I know. <laughs> Same. That's why stand up is like was a natural progression for me. Because I'm yeah. like, I could just be free and like say what I want. Yeah. All I got to do is make it funny. So how did you? Uh, let's go back to your story about the jail. And I want to hear about that. So how was the first time you went to jail? What was that about? This is the first time I. Well, first time I went to jail was like, I think for like stealing or something. But first time I first time I got locked up was the last time I got locked up. So. So you start off in jail and you go to prison. People don't know the difference, by the way. Right. So so jail's the jail, right? That's that's where you're going for under a year. It's the county jail. It's it's where you go for small the smallest violation up to the you know murder, but you're usually being held waiting for trial. That's yeah. why there's such controversy around jails because or around the bail system because most people that are in there have not been found guilty of anything, but they're. But they can't afford for a year. Oh, years, dude! You meet the murder years. guys. You meet the guys fighting their fucking murder cases. Years in Good in the God. most horrid, confining conditions. And if they could post bail, they could be doing this at home waiting for the trial. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so, so it becomes very sort of inherently racist. Inherently, yeah, yeah, and and really classist. Classist right? for sure. It's, it's you poor motherfuckers who are mostly right black or Latino. Uh, we'll stay in here and, you know, Jeffrey Epstein can bail out or, you know, exactly something like that. Yeah. Elaine didn't get the bail. Thank God. But, um, so yeah, so, so I got locked up in 2010, September of 2010. So it'll be my, my 10 year and no, my 11 year anniversary wow. just passed, uh, 10 year anniversary getting out at the beginning of 2012. And how did, how that go down? <clears throat> so I got arrested cause I caught the money in the mail of a package I sent. So, so you sent a package with. How do they know a bunch of weed? A bunch of weed. How do they know it's from you? They don't, but they caught the money. They, they didn't. Caught, ca they don't ever. They oh. never found me this time. They never found me with weed. They, well, they did. They found me with residue, and like it. everything but the weed, basically. Yeah. So they caught them. Uh, I would send my guys ten pounds at a time, say, and they would send me 
uh, you know, thirty five thousand in cash back in a package. Yeah, thirty five grand in cash, and it just reeked of weed apparently because when it was going through a FedEx facility, a dog must have smelled it. So they got a warrant for it. They put a little tracking device in it and they traced it back to me. Traced it back to where I lived. Did they have to set up a sting operation to actually catch yeah, it was. you in the yeah. act? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So uh huh. Yeah. It took. Um, it, but it didn't take that long after they got it because, you know, I obviously went to pick the package up. Okay. I usually had guys that went and did that. I had people working for me, but they had all kind of like moved on or, you oh, know, it was like nice. I hired nice white people. It was just a recession. And so they were willing to like take the risk. But then yeah. they, it's not it's not like these were street people. Right. Yeah. So so at, at a certain point, I remember thinking about a month before I got caught. I'm like, damn, I am touching everything. Yeah. I'm touching the weed. The only thing I'm not doing is driving the weed up from Southern Oregon, but like I'm, I'm just, I'm asking for it, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So I got arrested, went to jail. So, so uh, give me a little bit more foreplay here, Johnny Mitchell. So you go to pick it up at FedEx at the FedEx office, right? Right. And when you go there, you're like, hey, here's my name. You hand him a, a card. No, or- I went to. It was um, it was a like a postal box, a postal office, like a postal annex. A PO box. Yeah, PO box, yeah. basically. Yeah. And then I went and picked up the money, and two fucking Portland Vice cops were waiting for me outside. Oh, wow. So you, that's like freaking to catch a predator on Dateline. You walk outside, there are all <laughs> exactly. these cops. You're like, God exactly. damn it. Hey, John, what so are you doing? The minute you saw these cops, you're like, fucking yeah. hell. So they kept trying to get me to talk, and I was like, you know, go fuck yourself, go fuck yourself. But so it took them about a day, but they went and got a warrant. They traced where I lived from my cell phone. This is crazy, right? This is the beginning of iPhones. So when they stopped you outside, they they didn't take you to the precinct and interrogate no, you. No, because they didn't. They were trying to. They were grilling me right there. Yeah, and no, you they knew your rights because they didn't arrest you. They didn't arrest me, but cops can still detain you without arresting you. Yeah. So, and, uh, yeah, and basically, I didn't give up anything. They were like, "Where do you live?" And I'm like, "That's my parents' house and my my driver's license." So you can go fucking. You can go knock on their door, but they drove by the house. My parents have a nice, my parents are, you know, upper middle class people. They were like, yeah. hey, he's not keeping shit here. <laughs> so they went and they just did more digging and they found out where I lived. So it took them, you know, and then they went and got a warrant. They raided the house. Oh, they, were you there when they came in? Yeah. No, I wasn't there. I was, uh, they came and picked me up. Oh, wow. And yeah, they were like, and so they'd already raided it without me there. Now, when that happens, are you in I'm shitting my pants mode, or are you kind yeah. of like? Well, it's a numbness. It's a yeah. num- like your whole throat goes dry. Your uh, you you can't. Your mind's moving so fast that you can't think. Mm-hmm. So it's and every person that gets arrested at first, like career criminals, just have experience. You know what I mean? They yeah. uh, you know, so it doesn't phase them because they either don't give a shit about going to jail or they know. They just know how to deal with the psychology of cops. They don't panic. But yeah, it's yeah. complete panic. What's up, man? Just telling so, jail stories, dude. Johnny Mitchell, Matt Vaughn from Rotten hey, Science. Hey, what's up, man? Nice to meet we you, got, bro. We got, he's telling this awesome story about uh, about being uh, arrested for uh, $35,000 cash that you, of, of weed. Yeah, but sold. by the end of the day, so they found uh, a couple packages. I had money at the house. The only thing I didn't have was weed, but they found at just one day they got like two hundred fifty grand in cash. Holy shit. Yeah, and then they end up house. finding like another hundred like in safe deposit boxes and shit. It killed me, dude. Oh, of so, course, dude. It was just sloppy, man. Like I just was slipping. 
You were slipping. Before that, you were on point, and then you I was been on, exactly, and yeah. then and then you get comfortable, and you mm-hmm. and you and it's just the cliche, right? As soon as you get comfortable, they fucking come for you. Now, did they ask you to give up names? Were they trying to get a bigger fish? Of course, fish? of course. And you kept quiet. You ain't. Snitched, I, I would dog. give them fake names. That's oh, wow. a strategy. I give them fake names, and they would go look into it. And I do. They had me detained for hours. Like the they arrested me in the morning, cuffed me in the morning. We were there till the sun was going down. Like. And I'm dehydrated. I'm, and they don't let you. They're just detaining you. Yeah, you're and in the room with the little table and two cops coming in and out. Type no, of thing. this was in my apartment. Oh, in your apartment. So they didn't even take me downtown. It's, I don't even know if that's fucking legal, dude. But anyway, so like and, and they come back and they're like, "You're fucking lying." So they didn't go for the fake names and shit. And I'm like, "It's all the money I have. I swear." Yeah. You know, like like giving up, and then they would go find more of it because they radio in, and I mean, Jesus cops are, Christ, cops are organized. Were there cops people ratting on you? I thought about that. I'm not sure to this day. I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, I think they found right. all that shit. Seems well, they found out where I lived way too quick. Yeah, way too quick. So I and nobody knew where I lived except for like two people. Wow. One of them was my dealer. Uh-huh. Now you don't think that the guy above you is going to be ratting on you, but that is a fucking that's a myth now. Yeah, and the more digging I did, I'm like, dude, the cops. It's like The Departed, where uh, it turns out that Jack Nicholson is a fed all those years, right? Whitey Bulger was actually working for the law. Yeah, they're so dirty. That is true. They let drug dealers operate all the time, for sure. Like they'll catch you, and they'll be like, Bill, I'm not even going to take you in. You work for me, and you're yeah. like, okay, yeah. And so you'll be out selling meth, and you're giving up guys every now and then right like yeah. you're feeding them really all the time you're feeding them people yeah. so and i think that's probably that that's a possibility because i heard the guy this kid named ad uh adrian augustus uh we grew up in the neighborhood with him but we heard there was always rumors that he was interesting snitching. now do yeah. you think like you could do that if you struck a deal with the cops like look i could i can did that ever cross your mind to no. do that guy no because I thought about it. It's it's. I'm not saying if I was faced with like 30 years, like if I got caught with like a shitload of coke, I was really looking at crazy time. I'm not going to sit here and be like, doesn't matter. I'd keep my mouth shut. Yeah. I don't know, dude. It's the scariest thing Scary as fuck. and the easiest thing to give somebody up. But I was like, dude, the only people I could give up are like family. So I'm like, it's not yeah. even an option. And I'm only going to do what? I mean, it's not going to be. I was going to say, what, what was the time that was presented to you? What were they? Because first of all, they were they scaring in, me. They, with, scare you they with were what? scaring me with five years. So I yeah. knew I'm going to do about half that. Yeah. So, and I did. I did a little less than I did about a year and a half. A year and a half. I got sentenced to 36 months. I did about a year and a half. So it was a plea deal. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't go to court. You're no. like fuck that. No. Now the first call that you made when you did you have to call your parents first? Was yeah. That the first call? Of course. You don't have to, but the You're first like, person you person? get called is your mom, dude. That's wow. the. It's what like, did your parents say? I mean, of course, they were devastated, you know. They had no clue at all. They knew that I had a history of drug dealing, but they didn't know I was doing it at this level. Yeah. 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 Had had they been trying to talk you out of it or anything in the past? Yeah, but they weren't. They were old school, like, mid-Catholic parents, so they didn't didn't know how to explain it to me in a way that would resonate with a young man. Of course. They would just just kick me out of the house, or they would would be shame-filled, or do you know what I mean? Like, the parents of that generation were not good. So, you know? yeah, I hear you, man. You know? And did your parents have an option to bail you out? I had no bail because they found me, they, uh, no, I was on probation violation. Oh, so okay. I, I, got, I got caught the year before. I told you, right? I, yeah. My place got raided, but it was my first time. I was squeaky clean up to that point. So I just got a felony, but I didn't do any jail time. 
Because yes. even then, the weed the weed laws in Oregon are less strict than like Texas, even back in those days, right? Yeah, I got it. So, but I was on felony probation, meaning if I get caught again for the same or worse thing, it's going to be like there. I'm going down. Yeah. And so they revoked my probation. And when you get your probation revoked, it's an automatically no bail option. Holy so, shit. So I didn't even have an option to bail out. So I'm like, and when I found that out, I was like, dude, you mean I got to stay in county jail for months and months and months till I, till the plea till I go to court? That's what happened, baby. How long did you stay in county jail? Almost six months. Six months. Yeah. Almost and six then months. The, and then I was the, in the penitentiary for a year. And the Plea so was, yeah, maybe maybe less than that. Five months in county jail, and then like and so they ple- they pleaded uh, down to a year and a half. Pleaded to uh, thirty six months, thirty four months, and I did uh, you know eighteen. Is that with good behavior? That's all. Yeah, is good behavior. Um, yeah. Now, so that's what was what prison did you go to? I mean, I don't know anything. The Two about Rivers that. Correctional Facility. Is that a notoriously scary one, or was it it's like- a bad one? Dude, I know it's so funny because my celly was doing life. It was like a maximum security. Like people got stabbed, you know. People with fights constant. So, yeah, it was a uh, it was a penitentiary, Damn. baby. Because you were talking about that in um in uh, the, your set the other day, talking about you know the everyone jokes about oh did you drop the soap type of bullshit like that. Yeah. Um, but in fairness, like was that a fear? Well, rape? No, never. I was. That's a myth. It's very. Overblown. That's why, but that's why I talk about it on stage. Yeah, this is what people can handle the hack stereotype. But yeah, because everyone was, would think that. I, like, I was if I go way to, more scared of getting killed. Of like, course, like I'm watching my back to get like a fucking razor. And why would they? And now I've always because I, I wasn't gangbanging, so I didn't have any click. I didn't you didn't have, have any affiliation, right? Because so I always I, heard when you go to prison, like prison is the most racially divided thing yeah, in the world. Sure. Like they just, you're Dude, the it's white like people 50, or the it's black like 50s people. It's America, man. It's fucking yeah. crazy. So it's you like, had, did you have to choose, you, but you didn't choose a gang. Did you have affiliate with a group of white f- people? I had to affiliate with like the white guys, but uh-huh. uh, I was like, look, we can fight. You can do what you want, but like, I'm not going to smuggle heroin for you. I'm not going to go like take off. Take off means like beat up. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, a black guy. Like go fuck yourself. I'm gonna continue playing basketball with black people. Like, and oh, so you could do that. You could still like commingle with other races, man. Like but a guy told me once he was like, you you walk around like it's all sweet, dude. But you're like flouting the rules. There's co- serious consequences. Oh to that. shit. And but I'm just so stupid. I just lucky, man. Because I had respect there. I don't know, man. It's, it's yeah. It's I even had respect amongst the white guys, but. A lot. I would get in fights. Guys would test me because they were like, "What is? Who does he think he is?" So and so when they would fight you, they would just was it like, "Hey, let's duke it out here," or they just jump you? Uh, no, they would. You don't get respect for for jumping people yeah. in prison unless you're killing them, unless it's like gang banging. Yeah. Uh, it was the ones. It's actually the most fair system. They don't respect like. Uh, Do they circle like make a circle and you like duke no, it out? No, like they run into your cell or in the kitchen wherever the cameras aren't. Yeah. You know, like you see a guy running at you. You know, and you just had to I throw it down. Now were you trained gone. to fight? No, 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 no. I, I would like I fucked my hand up. Uh, you know, getting in a fight with this dude, and he he didn't beat me. He definitely got more blows in, but there was never fights in prison. Rarely last long enough, yeah. unless it's like a jumping. Mm-hmm. You're you're probably not going to get killed. You yeah, know yeah, I mean? yeah. Like it's uh, it lasts thirty. It's like a it's like a schoolyard fight. You know. Yeah. But you must have been afraid for your life, though. Jesus Christ! Yeah, man. yeah. I was. Luckily, you're what, like six four and pretty. Like, six six. Yeah, six, six, and, yeah. And I got big in there, so it's like, 
Oh, you jacked I'm, yourself up. I'm man. not as big as I could yeah. as a wiry guy like me, but like, yeah, it's it's the extortion and the rape and all that. It's it's like the law of the jungle. It happens to the weakest. And like, I'm a hard get. Like, you might be able to. It's just you're gonna have to work to get me. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean, so. Wow, man. I was fine ultimately, and I had respect, like doing playing basketball and shit. I was about to say you were probably also the funny guy too. You got big. Yeah, laugh. I was the I, I wasn't the, as much the funny guy in there as I was like the smart guy because I didn't know how to make. I'm really scared to be like ironic and bust balls yeah. around these people that are doing like decades in prison who, who might, who might just decide to like, you know, fight you. Yeah. Like I didn't want that, you know. So I just mostly like. Was quiet, and I only, I only fucked with the other squares. I was only myself around like the other non-dangerous. Sure, people. got it. So, but I was like the smart one. I was the interesting one. Yeah, like I got respect for my crime because they were like this guy was kind of a kingpin. Yeah, so that's another reason they didn't fuck with me as much. Like, I didn't have any like sex crimes. Yeah, or, like, it wasn't like you know. It's a funny. I I've performed at prisons before. Yeah, I knew that. Have actually. you have you done that? No, I haven't. I first too scared, this is too scared. And then I'm like, there. and then I'm like, I don't know, man. I think I was pushing my luck. But there were two shows. There was the, the one o'clock show, which was all the sex offenders. <laughs> and then the 3 p.m. show was all the violent criminals. Can you film that? Will they let you film oh, in there? Man, I wish I could. Because let me tell you something. All of the sex offenders, not all of them, but like 90% yeah. were wet. For sure. And then yeah. 90% of the violent criminals are black and Latino. And yeah. they had the one like sort of Aryan gang. Right. And they'd actually made a truce to see the show for once to have the Aryans. Where was the, this? This was up in fucking, this is in Washington. Really? Yeah, it was in uh, Yakima. Like Yakima, Yakima Washington. Washington. Yeah, yeah, there's a big prison there. There's yeah. a big, there's a bunch of like hardcore like cholos and shit. Oh yeah, and I look back at at the material I was fucking doing. Why were you there? You got paid a page? I had a, a fan. Yeah, yeah, I got paid well. A fan was no like, shit. hey, what do you do? I go, he was a warden there. And he goes, I'd love you to do, he'd see me a bunch of times in Vegas because I'd love you to come and do a show. That's and, bad fucking ass. I man. just went up there like, I'm making fun of the Mexicans. Yeah. I'm making fun of the black people. I'm doing yeah. all the fucking. It's the only place where everything's nothing's off limits in <laughs> yeah. prison. You know what I mean? I, mean, like, I didn't make fun of the Aryans because I was like, I don't know how. Oh, they're are. they're the easiest target, dude. <laughs> um, and then the but the funny thing is, all the sex offenders, all these, they were so polite. They're like, I really enjoyed your yeah. show, and I'm yeah. like, what are you in here for? Yeah, Jared? no, they're just they're they're perverted by nature, yeah, man. But they can't be in the same show because they'll well, get killed. All the, they'll all just get beaten up or, yeah. or stabbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You should do a prison show, man. I think you should I know. look into that. I know because you'd be the I know. perfect. Be like, hey guys, person. it's good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like a reunion. This is my home club. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing, man. And so you got comedy. You got into comedy shortly after that, I imagine. I moved down here in 2012, so I got out. I got out the very December 2011, and I I, I knew I was coming to Hollywood. Like, yeah, I was like, I'm either gonna go to New York or L.A. And I'm like, let's just go to L.A. It's close. It's warm. Yeah, and dude. I I I didn't wait for my probation to be done. I was just so motivated. Yeah, I'm like I, I got to make up for lost time, and I just fucking packed up the car Jumped and drove here. Well, yeah. listen, man. Um, I'm so glad you came, dude. And and your podcast is great. Thanks, it's, man. It's getting traction. Yeah, it's I getting. Think, no, we're it's doing a little up. some numbers now. You have, yeah. you have a great voice. It's very unique. You're a great comic. Uh, just from the time I saw you last in San Diego, you've grown so much. Your voice is so unique and distinct, man. I can't <laughs> Thanks, wait to see what's bro. happening for you, man. Thanks, brother. Like so the Johnny Mitchell Show on yeah, YouTube, or that's right? Anything the Johnny Mitchell you... Show on YouTube. That's you know you we're all over there now. So and follow me on Instagram at Mr. Johnny Mitchell. Yeah, we're we're just like the dark. We specialize in like you know offensive comedy. That's that's what we yeah. do. We're one of the edgiest shows. If You're you guys very like, edgy. if you guys like the Legion of Skanks, 
Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. You're like the West Coast Legion That's Stakes. what I'm trying to go for. So, yeah. yeah. So, check me out. All right, man. Thanks for coming, Johnny. Appreciate it, Good buddy. Stuff.